and welcome to Palace Confidential, your weekly look at all things royal, brought to you from Mail Plus. I'm Jo Elvin, and we're going to start this week by heading over to the Daily Mail's royal editor, Rebecca English, who is back from the royal tour to Canada. And Rebecca, news from America suggests that the Duchess of Sussex's father, Thomas Markle, is unwell. What more do we know? Yes, it's been another exceptionally uh, busy week on the Royal Beat and we start off with the news that Thomas Markle Senior, the Duchess of Sussex's father, has been rushed into hospital after suffering a stroke. It seems to be quite serious actually because we're told he was left unable to speak and only able to communicate by notes. And this is obviously eerily reminiscent of 2018 when he'd been due to travel to England to give away his uh, daughter when she married Prince Harry and suffered a heart attack just days before he was due to leave. Um, he was actually also due to fly to the UK next week uh, to be in Britain during the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Now, of course, let's be honest, that was a little bit of a publicity stunt on his behalf, but he has spoken very eloquently um, about wanting to try and repair his fractured relationship with his daughter, meet his son-in-law for the first time, and of course, get to meet his grandchildren. Um, and it has prompted questions as to whether Meghan may use this opportunity as a, as a kind of chance to reach out and try to um, make amends with her father. But I think we can safely assume that's pretty unlikely. She's made very clear she thinks their relationship is, is fractured beyond repair. Um, so I think whether you agree with the way Thomas Markle has conducted himself over the last few years or not, um, I think people will probably wish him well and hope he makes a speedy recovery. And what must be a challenging time? The Sussexes have also lost a key member of staff. Yes, this has been an interesting development. Harry and Meghan have lost their global press secretary, Toya Holness. Um, she's been with them for less than two years, I believe. And it comes uh, on the back of uh, a string of senior appointees leaving over the last few years. Um, what it means, we don't know. We haven't heard from her. We haven't heard from the Sussexes. Uh, and they have actually already appointed someone to fill that position, which suggests it may be a bit, maybe been on the cards for a little while now. But um, again, it will spark a lot of conjecture about the way the Sussexes are running their operation out in California. And sticking with Harry and Meghan, we've seen reports this week that Harry's memoirs might be delayed from their planned publication this autumn. I think this is one we need to be a little bit careful about. Uh, Harry was actually bounced into announcing uh, news that he was writing his memoirs with a ghostwriter. He hadn't intended to make it public for a while, but the New York Post cleverly got wind of it. And in that um, statement, his PR people and the publishers rushed out. They said only that it was probably due out towards the end of this year. They weren't very specific about a date. Last week it was asked of them, have you got a date yet? And the answer was no, and we're not going to say. And I think we've got to be quite careful about putting two and two together and coming up with five on this. Uh, it may be that it has been delayed, um, but we never had a date uh, in mind from the start of it. So, you know, we still could see them wanting to try and cash in on the very lucrative Christmas market later this year yet. Yes, already this year we've heard that Netflix and Spotify have started asking when they might see some return on their investment. Is it fair to say that they're now under pressure at the moment? I think this is a very fair question. I mean, I'm not an expert on uh, the entertainment business, but let's look at the uh, the facts. You know, when they 
left the royal family, Harry and Meghan very quickly signed uh, some incredibly lucrative multi-million dollar deals with some of the biggest uh, entertainment uh, companies in the business. And actually over the last two years have had precious little to, to show for it. We keep on hearing things are coming, they're coming, but they don't seem to have materialised yet. So I think it's fair to assume that there will be a lot of pressure onto them, on them to produce. And of course, it goes back to the question that people have asked since time immemorial on this, is how much uh, this will uh, ratchet up the pressure on them to uh, to talk about their time as members of the royal family, to talk about what it was like being part of the institution of the monarchy, um, which are things that Harry, you know, promised his grandmother he wouldn't do. So uh, I think watch his space. Let's bring in my panel now and joining me today is royal biographer, documentary maker and Daily Mail columnist Robert Hardman and the Daily Mail's diary editor Richard Eden. Welcome to you both. Richard, going to start with you. Now, we're all journalists, we all know about deadlines, but not <laughs> many of us have million pound pay packets for our deadlines, do we? No, um, we don't, unfortunately. Um, but I've been talking to people in the publishing business and they say this is unusual what's happened, is generally a book of this importance um, would have a publication date, people would know when it was and they'd be working towards that. All we've been told is that the book's due out later this year, but the Sunday Times ran this story suggesting that there is an element of doubt about it. And that also ties in with what we heard from the New York Post, which reported that Netflix want um, their new fly-on-the-wall um, documentary reality series, whatever you want to call documentary, it. Documentary, docu-series. Docu-series, something yeah, like that, yeah. to tie in with the publication of um, Harry's memoirs, which is going to create a worldwide um, interest. So I think that may have a role as well, um, but it's clearly a sensitive um, subject. I think it's worth remembering that everything uh, to do with Prince Harry, he likes to, to, to keep it close to his chest. He, he likes to keep us guessing. I mean, that's, that's always been the way, whether it's, you know, announcing, uh, you know, godparents or, or what he's going to do next. So uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if suddenly this, this uh, comes down the track very quickly. I think for the moment uh, there's probably a, a sort of PR strategy uh, being drawn up. I don't think it means the book's not happening. I just think, um, you know, we're going to have to wait. Do you think that it feels to me sometimes like they're now, they're very young, they've got a lot of life to live and they've got a lot of lifestyle to maintain. Are they on this treadmill now of having these deals and having to constantly come up with content and content ideas? Well, I mean, if, you, you know, if you're living the Californian dream, you know, you've got to keep coming up with new stuff. You've got to be of the moment. Um, royalty is very different. So, yes, they are having to sort of live their life at a different pace and, and, and you know these announcements are important to keep generating interest mm. um, you know over time I, I, I think things will have to sort of move at a slower pace but yeah for now there's a huge expectation about this book uh, it's being confirmed it's coming so inevitably the everyone's everyone's going to keep on talking about it. Richard do you think there's a chance that they're going to overextend themselves with all these commitments? I do sense there's a bit of trouble there, really. I mean, it's very curious, all these pictures that have started appearing of, you know, Meghan turning up at the polo and handing over trophies and this sort of thing. I remember writing about the polo back in Britain um, years ago that 
um, Meghan wasn't very keen for Harry to play in polo matches unless it could be guaranteed it would <coughs> raise a million pounds for charity each time. Why? Um, well, she felt that it was kind of beneath him to be um, playing in matches that would just sort of make a few thousand pounds when he should be going for the big ticket big matches, but then here he is sort of playing polo every week. I and thought you just played polo for fun if you were posh. Um, yes, I thought, well, he certainly used to, Harry. Silly old me. Um, yeah. But we've got Meghan turning up at all these events, handing over trophies, the same as she turned up at the Invictus Games. And to me, that's an indication that sort of all's not well. Um, mm. And obviously they've had to cope with changing plans. They'd put a lot of effort, certainly Meghan had, into her programme um, the children's um, animated show, name escapes you now, Pearl. Pearl. Um, and they'd invested a lot of sort of hopes in that. Well, that's all being canned, and now it's back to this docuseries. So there's a lot seems to be sort of in flux, and it wouldn't surprise me if that's the case with the book as well. Do you think, Robert, that there's a part of Harry, any part of Harry, that thinks, gosh, this would be so much easier if I still had the protection and the support of that infrastructure of the royal family? I'm sure there must be moments when, when he looks back and thinks, well, maybe we could have made it work. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not privy to his, to his inner thoughts. But uh, I, I think certainly it will have come as a culture shock, um, the, the, the sort of the lack of certainty. I mean, when, you, when you're uh, living a life of royal duties, that things are scripted and predictable and they follow a pattern and they happen. I mean, there's no element of doubt. You know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, and all of a sudden... Uh, when you're sort of at the mercy of, of, of pretty ruthless sort of commercial uh, operations that, that, you know, are always looking at the bottom line, I, I'm sure that does come as something of a shock. Yeah, that is fascinating. Let's move on for a minute. Now, I want to talk about Thomas Markle, who we all obviously wish a speedy recovery. Mm. Richard, you had quite an interesting story in the paper about some plans that had to be cancelled. Well, this was, um, we, we didn't know, but he was due to stay um, at Castle Goring, the um, stately home owned by Lady Colin Campbell. Now, she's a royal biographer. Oh, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, fame. a really interesting character. <laughs> she yeah. um, appeared in a reality show in Britain, you know, I'm a celebrity, and people know her from that. Um, and she'd got to know, um, I think it's Thomas Markle's grandson, through um, her adopted son's got to know him, something like that. There's a connection there. But anyway, he was due to stay, but she'd seemed to have made great plans that she was going to take him to Royal Ascot. She was organising a suit to be hired and all sorts. But I must say, it would have really been a bit of a circus if you had, you know, the royal family turning up at Royal Ascot and then you've got her sort of trying to bring over Thomas Markle to meet them. It, it does make me feel uneasy, actually. Um, on, a, on a lighter note, yeah. the paper today says that the Sussexes are already back in the fold here. <laughs> yeah, this is something completely different. This is um, the Waxworks Madame Tussauds in London, where, um, rather unkindly perhaps, um, the museum had moved Harry and Meghan when they quit royal duties. They'd moved them to a sort of celebrity to the, section. To the cupboard. So they were with kind of Hollywood stars <laughs> yeah. like, you know, Dwayne Johnson and, and people like that. I mean, that's, that's a good position. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good <laughs> honour. But anyway, they have moved them back um, to be with the royal family for the duration of the... Jubilee celebrations. Oh, okay. Will they probably be back again once the Jubilee celebrations are done? I suspect they'll be relegated again, but this is um, not a publicity stunt at all, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Main thing is that they're still there. I mean, when you yeah. really start worrying about Madame Tussauds is when you get melted down to make another model. Um, one or two celebrities have <laughs> well, been very upset over the years to go in and find that they're not there anymore because well, they've been turned into Harry or Meghan. I wonder what happens to the cost of wax in a cost of living crisis. That's the thing. We don't know, do we?
Let's head back to Rebecca with her updates on Her Majesty and a look ahead to next week's Jubilee. Rebecca, the Queen back out again this week and she's got a new set of wheels. Yes, I got wind of this uh, much earlier in the day on Monday, but I couldn't be quite sure it was going to happen until we saw her. But yes, the Queen uh, arrived at the Chelsea Flower Show on Monday and was taken around the showground for the first time in her golf buggy, uh, rather endearingly driven by a peaked cap chauffeur. And um, although she's had this golf buggy for a while, uh, she's only been using it privately. We haven't seen her in it in public. And I think now she's kind of got over that moment, the golf buggy moment, seeing the Queen in what's been dubbed as the Queen Mobile for the first time, we're probably likely to see her in it uh, an increasing amount on public engagement as and when it's required. And of course, Chelsea is a big showground to cover. It's got very uneven surfaces. So if she was going to go to it, it was always likely she would need something more than her walking stick to be able to do that. Now, I've seen some people on social media quite unkindly asking, well, if she can tend something fun like the Chelsea Flower Show, why couldn't she do the state opening of Parliament, which is an important constitutional duty? But of course, you know, you can't get a golf buggy into the... Um, uh, Palace of Westminster and there would have been a lot of walking required there, a lot of steps, it just wasn't the appropriate occasion. And I think everyone, apart from the kind of sourpusses on social media, mostly took it to, to be wonderful. Uh, it was great to see the Queen looking radiant and out and about and enjoying herself. I do wonder if we might see her in that golf buggy in the mall on the Sunday at the Jubilee pageant. I mean, I have no intelligence to suggest that, but I'm just thinking logically. It would be a fantastic moment um, if we did, because it would be a chance for her to really get up uh, close with uh, all the well-wishers that we know are going to throng into central London to see her. Well, yes, the Order of Bath service shows that she's still using Charles to step in where needed, though. Absolutely. I just don't think we're going to see her undertake uh, key events such as the Order of the Bath, the Order of the Garter next month. It's just not practical for her to do so anymore. And I think the Prince of Wales conducted himself uh, brilliantly. Um, you know, he, he, this is a role he's been born to. Um, and uh, again, I think people understand that she's going to just have to pick and choose uh, what occasion she attends. And when she doesn't, she'll let the younger members of her family, even if they're younger men members of the family, are 73, um, pick up the slack for her. And I don't think anyone would, uh, would begrudge her that. And Prince Andrew has an invitation to a formal event. Won't that likely ruffle a few feathers? Yes, he is. And to be honest, I find this quite shocking. So we've had it confirmed that the Duke of York intends to take part in the Order of the Garter ceremony at Windsor next month, despite stepping down from public life. Uh, now, the Order of the Garter is one of these weird and wonderful orders of chivalry we have in the UK. And what's significant about it is that uh, members are appointed by the Queen personally. There's no government pressure. Uh, for her to do so. So we have members of the royal family, former prime ministers and the good and great of public life who have um, given exceptional service to the crown. Now, obviously, what's interesting is that Andrew is insisting that he is going to be there. And I think what will be fascinating on the day is the reaction of the crowds, because what happens is the members of the Order of the Garter meet at Windsor Castle for lunch with the Queen. Then they process down to St George's Chapel in the castle uh, grounds uh, for a church service. But that route is thronged by members of the public. And normally it's a very joyful occasion, you know, shouting, cheering, the members of the Order of Garter waving. But it'll be fascinating to see 
how Andrew reacts to the crowds and the crowds react to Andrew. You know, it's, it's the first time we will have seen him up close and personal um, reacting with members of the public. Could he even be booed? Who knows? But, um, you know, again, I think like all of these things we're seeing coming up, we really hope it doesn't, uh, I suppose, cast a, cast a shadow of what is a special day in the royal calendar. Thank you, Rebecca. Let's bring my panel back now. Now, Robert, the presence of both Andrew and Harry is likely to be a little bit of a distraction from what we're all there for, right? Well, they are expected at the service of Thanksgiving at St Paul's Cathedral. I mean, they'll be in a crowd of 2,000. Inevitably, media attention will be on them for a bit. But, I mean, this is a four-day jubilee. The focus is the Queen. I think they, they'll be... Uh, you know, there'll definitely be a talking point. But will they I don't be think... managed? Will this be stage handled in some way? I, I think it'll be always, you know, it'll, it'll follow protocol. The arrivals, the departures will all be, you know, according to precedence to where they are in the royal pecking order. Uh, I think, you know, what will be interesting is if, if there's any departure from the script, as there was at the memorial service for the late Duke of Edinburgh, uh, when the Duke of York accompanied the Queen, perhaps, you know, if that happens again, then that becomes a, a much bigger talking point. But I think, you know, this is a service of thanksgiving for the life and reign of the monarch. They are absolutely, you know, part of the family. It's always been said in both the case of the Duke of York and the Duke and Duchess of Sussex that they will, you know, be expected at family events. This is a family event. But at the other jubilee aspects, you know, things like you know, the balcony, no, they won't be there. Mm. I think it'll be interesting, will they be, for example, at the pop concert on the Saturday night? We don't know. Will they pop up at the pageant in some form? We don't know. So uh, there are all these events over the weekend, but I think after we've seen them both at, uh, at St Paul's, I think they'll, they'll probably withdraw from, uh, from, from the sort of prominent role and, and we will get on with um, marking what this really is. It's a celebration of the Queen and not a chance to look at a couple of uh, ex-members ex of the family. Richard, that being said, there will be great sways of the public, I would imagine, who think, gosh, can't he just stay away? Read the room, Andrew. The public doesn't want to see you in any part of this. Is that fair? I was shocked when I read this report in the Daily Telegraph that Prince Andrew plans to take part in the Garter Day um, celebrations. I mean, the prospect of him sort of parading through Windsor in his you know, velvet finery and feathers. <laughs> velvet finery. You know, my goodness. Um, I, I, no. He does slightly conjure the image of sort of like, you know, getting to the front. It's horrendous. He yeah. should be playing no part in public life at all. Certainly not for the royal family. I mean, it remains to be seen, it, you know, what does happen. We've seen um, from Prince Philip's memorial service that he is willing to play a prominent role. So um, let's hope sort of wise counsel prevails and um, that he's persuaded not to take part. I mean, at least take part in something behind the scenes, maybe, you know, the Yeah, the Garter, Garter, the Garter event, it's it sort of split into three. There's a sort of private reception and lunch for all the Garter Knights up at the castle. Uh, then there's this grand procession down through, through from the, the upper ward down to St George's Chapel, and then there's the service. I wouldn't be surprised, for example, if on that one say the Duke of York didn't take part in the procession but maybe he accompanied the Queen in her car she's certainly not going to process down there so you know I, I think I, I don't think he'll be playing a full part in in, in Gar today um, but I, I, it sounds like he's going to be he's going to be there somewhat what about um, looking to sort of like the overall Jubilee plans what are the plans for the Queen's role in this do you think 
let's you know get, make sure she's as many things as she can be at and wants to be at. I mean, uh, you know, I think absolutely we'll we'll see her. Uh, you know, uh, appearing at the, at the trooping on the birthday parade—that's the sort of first big event on day one. I would be sure she'll she'll play a part in that. Some she won't as she won't ride in a carriage like she used to, uh, but you know we we will see her. It's 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 her official birthday, mm. um, and then the next day St Paul's. Yes, she'll be at that. Whether we see her at the Derby, we don't know. She hasn't got a horse running. I suspect she'll be looking forward to Royal Ascot, actually, rather than the Derby. But I'm quite sure we'll see her at a race meeting very soon, probably uh, going down to the uh, parade ring in her buggy um, that we saw at Chelsea. Well, yes, you saw her at Chelsea. Yeah. Tell, tell us about that. I was at Chelsea on Monday. It was a wonderful moment. Suddenly, uh, around the corner came uh, this this sort of fabulous uh, sight of, a, of a, as Rebecca says, a sort of a, a chauffeur looking dead ahead, sort of central <laughs> casting royal chauffeur in his peak cap and gloves. Um, and there was the Queen absolutely loving the Chelsea Flower Show. It's something she's been to ever since she was a princess. She was sitting alongside the president of the Royal Horticultural Society, Keith Weed, uh, and the two of them were just sort of chatting away. And I mean, we, we, it, was, it was very relaxed. I mean, I was very close at times. I could hear them talking and they were just, you know, talking in depth. It wasn't sort of had things being pointed out to her. I mean, she was asking very detailed questions. At one point, she, you know, she was being introduced to various florists, various uh, nursery owners and, and, and well-known gardeners and knew, you know had had lots of interesting things to say. Yeah, um, asked to see, asked to speak to Monty Don. He'd just been given the the top, the sort of the the top gong in oh, gardening. Well, every woman's got a soft spot for Monty. Uh, and, and, yeah. and, and the Queen yeah. and Monty just chatting away. Yeah. So I mean, for her, I thought I thought it was very encouraging. I thought it was everybody loved seeing her there. Um, it's quite interesting now when she turns up at things, people aren't quite sure how to react, you know. Do you, do you, do you just clap? It's a sort of bit rude. And, <laughs> and also everyone is so keen to film everything um, that the poor Queen, wherever she goes, is just a sort of wall of mobile phones. Yeah. But what's interesting is after she's sort of sailed by, Everyone just sort of goes, <gasps> and, and they absolutely, you know, they're on cloud nine. I mean, it gives everybody a lift to see Rob, her. So, Robert, is the boss of the Royal Horticultural Society really called Keith he Weed? He is really called Keith Weed. That's a wonderful name. I love and, 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 he's, determinism. and he knows yeah. his stuff, and, and she's just so happy talking to, talking to people who know what they're talking about. Tell us about the buggy. Is it true you wrote in the mail earlier this week that the Queen Mother also had to be? persuaded to get some mobility assistance in that yeah, way. Is the, that... Queen, the Queen Mother was not keen to uh, use a golf buggy uh, when the idea was mooted back in the in the mid-90s. Uh, and uh, she, she just thought it was a little undignified for a sort of former Queen Empress to be riding around in a golf buggy. And in her case, it was mainly for use at, at Royal Ascot. And it was the Queen who had the brilliant idea. She said, well, I tell you what, paint it in her racing colours and then see what happens. And sure enough, it was liveried in, in her racing colours, at which point she went, oh, that's very nice, and got in. So yeah. um, I was expecting, actually, to see the Queen's buggy maybe have some sort of livery. It doesn't at the moment. I understand it's on a sort of long-term loan, but maybe if they if they decide that this is the way forward, it might get a, might get a little sort of crest on the front. Well, or maybe it will get the livery for Royal Ascot. <laughs> <laughs> might yes. do, yeah. Why not? Why not? It's I mean, it's One great. to match her Ascot colours every day. Exactly. It's, that's what it's I want a to great... <laughs> I think yeah. it's a very neat and wonderful well well delivered solution to, to this this mobility we keep hearing about episodic mobility problems um, clearly she's very comfortable in this but that's and, the thing do you feel like it was a mental adjustment that she's had to make or um, well, clearly the Queen is determined to um, attend as many events as she can and yeah. that, that's what was so cheering and encouraging about her appearance you know we've heard more and more about her mobility problems and sort of she doesn't want to attend events but this showed that she does, and it's, yeah. it's a sign that 
the Queen wants to attend as many of her Jubilee celebrations as she can. So I think it, it was really an encouraging sign for everyone. Do you think it will give her a new lease of life now that she's made that decision? And oh, I, I, I think this was more a sort of a, a sort of a, a, a leap for the for the public and for the media to sort of to, 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 to normalise the idea of seeing her in a buggy. But I mean, she, as, as Rebecca said, I mean, she's been using uh, the buggy a lot privately. I mean, up at, up at Balmoral, she she moves around in it there. I mean, it, it just it just makes sense. So I I, I think it, she'll certainly be more comfortable using it at, at official engagements now. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think the, 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 the public are, are just incredibly glad to see her however she decides to turn up at something. Yeah. Um, I don't think uh, there's, there's, people are very judgmental if, if, she, if she's not at something. I think they'll just assume, well, you know, at the age of 96, you're fully entitled uh, to make up your mind. Um, and I think it's been very interesting. You look back over the pandemic. I mean, we've actually seen an awful lot of the Queen because she's a, she's now very adept at using Zoom. Been a lot of these sort of video conferences. We, we've sort of seen and heard a great deal of her. And, and I do think you know this this constant sort of preoccupation with 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 her the sort of you know her health. Um, I mean, she hates that sort of discussion. I I, I, I would turn it round and say, actually, isn't it amazing the amount of stuff she's doing? Mm. Um, not what she's not doing. I mean, to be well into your tenth decade, and to be so engaged with with public life as she is, I, I just think it's remarkable. And I think that's a great positive statement to end on for this episode. That is all we have time for. My thanks to my guests, Rebecca English, Richard Eden, and Robert Hardman. A reminder that Robert's latest book, which I happen to have here, as if by magic, Queen of Our Times: The Life of Elizabeth II, is out now. My thanks as ever to you, our loyal viewers, and we'll leave you with some beautiful pictures of the royal family at the Chelsea Flower. Show over the years. Bye bye.